Welcome to Raising Up Cots, a podcast about raising Coptic kids in Western culture with Madonna Luindi and Laura Michael. And we do have a small spoiler alert or a warning label, if you will. If children are listening with you to this podcast, we will be talking um, about Santa. So there will be some spoilers, if you will. So please exit now if you do not want them to hear this conversation. Yeah, so the question for this week, apropos of Christmas coming up, do you do Santa in your home? How about Elf on the Shelf? Why or why not? So Madonna, I feel like you strike me as an Elf on the Shelf kind of mom. Like you're always going above and beyond. Are you like, how do you feel about Santa? How do you do Elf on the Shelf? I, (laughs) so surprisingly, Laura, I actually have really strong feelings about not doing Santa and Elf on the Shelf. I do love to do a lot of fun, crazy, magical things with my kids whenever I can, but um, I do not do Santa and I do not do Elf on the Shelf. And I'll give you my reasons why. And I don't mean this judgmental against anybody who does do it, but to be honest with you, I've tried really hard to create a very um, open, communicative, trusting relationship with my kids. And I just felt like going into a known I hate to say it, lie with them was just starting us off on the wrong foot. There's already going to be a lot of doubt towards mom and dad in the in the years to come about what we say and whether or not they can trust us. And I just felt like it was getting off on the wrong foot. Um, And I know that a lot of people, when I tell them this, they tell me you're killing the magic, you're killing, you know, your kid's innocence, you're killing all these things. And I have to strongly disagree because my kids know who Santa is. They love his story. They love the idea of this magical night where he flies around and goes to different people's homes and gives gifts. But it's we treat it the same way that we treat Mickey Mouse, any of their princess movies, any of their characters. We say he is a fun character that is just fun to read about. And that's the extent of it. And Elf on the Shelf really, really doesn't click with me. I really don't like the idea of, uh, it almost is a little creepy that somebody's watching for the good and the bad, the way that people that I hear do it. Um, especially because I feel like God gives us because he loves us. He gives us the gifts of grace and mercy, and it's not based on what we do or don't do. We do good because we love him back. That was my idea of how I didn't, and my husband and I both kind of agreed we weren't going to participate in those things. What about you, Laura? What do you do in your home? So actually we, our first child made it super easy. So I'm, I really don't, I'm the same way. I'm very actually paranoid and distrustful in general. It takes a lot to build up a good relationship with me. And so I knew that I didn't want to lie to my children about anything. I didn't want to, just like you were saying, I don't want to build our relationship on something that isn't true. I want them to know mom and dad always tell them the truth, even if it's not always pretty. Uh, And I have to say my first child, she made it really easy. She was terrified of anyone dressed in any kind of costume. There was no desire at all to uh, visit Santa or in fact, we had, been jokingly telling her, you know, uh, what do you want to ask Santa for? And she said, I want to send Santa a text right now. And we said, okay, um, here's the phone. Like, like, what do you want to say to Santa? She said, please 
do not come to my house. No way. The idea of some man climbing into the house <laughs> in the middle of the night. And I, I really did not have anything to do with that. I did not discourage or encourage just from herself. She did not want anything to do with this strange man. Did you grow up with Santa in your house or no, still? So I think my parents did pretty much the same thing where they didn't really talk. They didn't introduce him as a subject or as a topic and they didn't discourage any conversation about him. But we weren't, I, I just remember when we were in Egypt, I don't know where I had gotten the idea of Santa from. We were sitting in, you know, in our kitchen in Egypt in this like apartment on the second floor. And I was saying, how is he, we don't have a fireplace. I mean, we live in mm. Egypt. So how is he, where, I don't understand. Like, she, mom was like, oh, he, he's going to come from the Belacuna, you know, like, <laughs> but like, really, I was already very skeptical. And then my little one, actually, he believes everything without, he's just very trusting and lives in this like magical world where the lines between real and imaginary are very blurred. And again, I just, I didn't say, I didn't sit him down at age three and say there is no Santa, um, but I certainly didn't put any effort into you know, like labeling gifts with Santa or anything like that. What about you? What did your parents do, Madonna? Oh, my parents made it clear from the beginning. There is no Santa. We worked hard for these gifts. I mean, they would straight up give us a, a piece of paper and said, write down your list. And then um, we would, you know, they would take our list with us to the toy store back when Toys R Us used to be open. And that's how we got our gifts. There was no surprises about it. And I'm trying really hard to think if that was like um, a problem for me. I don't think so. I don't remember being like totally devastated. I remember hearing about all these kids having Santa and kind of like smirking in my head, just kind of being like, okay, you know. <laughs> um, but at the same time, I don't know. My parents, I felt like we spent so much time together as a family. My parents would do like games and and competitions and that's how we spent our Christmas day. And I, I loved it. I didn't feel like I missed out. And I, I'm hoping to God that my kids don't feel like they're missing out. It doesn't seem like they do. But I'm going to tell you something crazy, Laura. Like I had this conversation with a friend um, and it. I'm not sure actually if she's actually for it or not, but she sent me this podcast episode talking about Christian children and the idea of fairy tales. And this woman made an actually really good argument that fairy tales are essential for kids as far as Christianity goes. Because when you look in the Bible, you need imagination and you need to believe in the impossible and the magical and the bigger than yourself in order to believe what's happening in the Bible. Some guy parted an entire sea, you know, some guy made fire happen from nowhere. A donkey was able to talk in the Bible. There's so much things that are um, mythical to us because we you know we say that they come from cartoons, so therefore it is mythical. But they need to have that kind of broadened sense of imagination to grasp the things that we tell them are true about God and in the Bible. So there can be an argument made about it. Um, the difference is we present the things out of the Bible as these are facts; they are real. This is what happened. Whereas with Santa and Elf on the Shelf, we are presenting them at as real knowing in fact that they are not. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you. I loved what you said about thinking about Santa as a fictional character. You know, we it wasn't like Santa was banned in our house. We watched, you know, I love the Santa Claus, you know, mm. um, 
Miracle on 34th, all those uh, beautiful films. And so I really feel like there's a place for for imagination and imaginary play and um, that kind of interaction. But, you know, I feel like also there are a lot of opinions. There are people who want to do this with their kids and they have their own arguments for it. You know, they, they talk about doing it, but in a frame that God is watching, you know, instead of like Santa is watching, who's naughty and nice and keeping a list. God is always watching like, you know, like the, the, the song we always sing, be careful, little eyes, what you see, mm. you know, someone is watching uh, at all times, not in a creepy way, but just um, make sure that you live in integrity. You know, uh, someone was saying it doesn't take away from the nativity to do this. Um, and others were making a very strong argument about celebrating it as the feast of St. Nicholas, you know, um, December 6th in the Orthodox, the Eastern Orthodox calendar, you put out the shoes by the door and little toys or um, little uh, gifts or candies are left in them as a way to remember that St. Nicholas used to visit and leave gifts for the poor. Um, you know, I think that there's there are ways to adapt it and ways to pull it off that keeps that sort of like imaginative spirit uh you know, did you hear anybody from Facebook? You know, these are some of the Instagram responses, but did you hear any responses from Facebook from our listeners, people who do uh, these kinds of things? Yes, yes. they. Um, so a lot of people kind of said that what they try to do, people that do do Santa, they try to play up the Jesus aspect and downplay the Santa aspect. So uh, somebody said like they put up the manger first. That's the first thing that goes up. And then like a week or a couple of weeks later, then the whole Santa things arises. So the season starts off with the talk of uh, Jesus's miraculous birth. And then the other stuff kind of flows in a little later. Um, and I, I, we did have a lot of people talking about introducing Santa as St. Nicholas and just hoping to emphasize the idea of giving rather than getting with his story. Because um, we know the, the famous story that he saved um, three daughters from being sold into slavery and he gave money to the the father to keep them from being sold. Um, and he did it under the cover of night, right? So that was like the, the whole thing. He did it secretly. Um, and then some people said that the reason that they did it is because their kids have seen movies or they heard other kids talking about it and they just never had the heart to, you know, to, to tell them that it wasn't true. They didn't want to kill that magic. And as far as Elf on the Shelf, the people who did do it, um, which I have to say was not too many people were on board with Elf on the Shelf. More were on board with Santa. But they would twist it to positive or reinforcement of good habits. Like somebody said, you know, their their elf is named Tom. Tom is potty trained. Tom finishes his food. Tom prays. He gets stickers for good behavior. Um, things like that. I, I mean, I feel like those are, you know, reasonable ways to introduce it. I can understand why there would be an appeal to um, having it that way, just extra fun, extra magic to the the time of the year. I know that like a very strange thing happened to me where my 12 year old came to me and asked me this year to do Elf on the Shelf. And she said all of her friends do it and her parents, their parents do a lot of cool things with it. And I was telling her, I am not creative enough to think of where to put some toy every night. How, like, how am I going to do this? And she was saying, well, I'll tell you what they do and then you do it. But it was really eye-opening for me to consider that this beautiful girl who's as tall as I am now still has that innocent spirit of wanting to do something fun for the holidays, something um, creative and silly. You know, I never think of her that way. She's so mature. But 
it was kind of really sweet to me to think of it. Uh, I'm just unfortunately too lazy to actually pull it off I, or to pay for an elf or I don't know. So I will tell you that I know um, I'm Facebook friends with this uh, woman who is actually a Muslim, but she did something that I thought was actually very cool. Um, she got a little uh, stuffed animal of a lamb and uh, she called it uh, Maluf al Kharuf, right? So, like the little, Maluf is his name and he's a little lamb. And his idea is he wants to catch you doing something kind. So, all he does is he sits there and the point is, hey, Maluf is out. Um, what kind thing are we going to do today so that he can see us? And that's really. I thought that was cool. I thought that was a much better twist on the situation. At least like the idea is we're doing something good. Not, are you going to do, are you going to be bad? Now you won't get your gifts or are you going to be good so you can get your gifts? I just love the idea that it's um, more outward than inward, you know, do instead of get. I could get behind something like that more. (laughs) Yeah, I love that. That reminds me of something that I feel like I saw on Pinterest or something, something social media. Some people do it where the Holy Family or I guess Mary and Joseph are traveling to Bethlehem and every day they're in a different part of the house traveling to wherever the manger is in the house. This idea that like, where are they now could still be played off that way that they're traveling to Bethlehem for the birth of Christ. So there are so many ways to do it, but I feel like people are, you know, we said this a little bit last week is that people really love um their traditions. And so they, they love to carry them on um, and make, make life special for their kids in different ways. And, and for some people that's not through this way. You know, there are some people who told us that no, they don't, they don't do Santa or they don't do elf on the shelf. Did you get some responses from Facebook that were saying no? I did. We got a lot. I feel like we got a lot more responses in the no than the yes. So, um, and most of them kind of ended up being along the same lines of what we mentioned at the beginning, Laura. They just didn't want to be not truthful with their kids. And uh, honestly, they, like like we did, we worried that it would snowball. Are they going to question God's existence? Like, how come we're saying now, you remember how we told you the truth fairy, tooth fairy was real? Remember how we told you how um, Santa was real? Remember how we told you Elf on the Shelf can move? Uh, actually, none of that is true. But Jesus, he's definitely real. Don't worry about that. Um, it just seemed a little bit too difficult to to sell that, if you will. Um, and then another person was saying that the problem to them with Santa is that it's a little bit too focused on consumerism and not enough on the, the miraculous birth. And it was more about doing and less about being. Um, it you know, somebody shared that um, they went to like a Christian meeting and it was with a bunch of Orthodox moms. And um, the question around the table is, are you done with your preparations for Christmas? Have you set up the house and decorated yet? Have you wrapped all your presents? Have you, um, even in that Christian setting, it was still a big distraction from the real reason that, you know, we're celebrating. Um, And so I think most people just kind of felt like it would go too too much hand in hand with whether or not they would believe in God. So they kind of shied away from it. And as far as Elf, it seems like the majority of people felt like it was just creepy. They didn't want to reinforce that they're being watched and judged for good and bad, um, especially when the reality is, like I mentioned earlier, God loves us even if we are good or bad. And he doesn't give us gifts because we are good or bad. He gives us grace and gives us mercy because he loves us. And we strive to do what's best because we love him back. And it's not to earn these gifts. So it kind of just went against their teachings. How about you, Laura? What did they say on Instagram? Yeah, I saw a lot of the same. They don't want to confuse the kids or think we lie to them. But then also one of the other um, 
ideas is that we want them to learn gratitude. We want when they receive a gift to say thank you to the person who got the gift, not to um, just be like, oh, well, Santa just gave me stuff, you know, mm. um, just to understand. And that things cost money, actually, I feel like is something that kids need to know. It's okay for them to understand that there is a you know, financial cost or burden. You can't have everything on your list. You can't have anything that you want. This is what you're given and you're grateful to mom, dad, giddo, teta, whoever it is. Um, that, that kind of uh, understanding of like the realities of life, not in a way that takes away the gift or the magic, but in a way that they have a chance to re- reciprocate. You know, like saying thank you is a gift back to the person who gave you a gift. So when it's Santa, like how, how do you do that? There was a very long article from Frederica Matthews Green about putting Santa away. Um, And I felt like there were a lot of good points made in that that we also have mentioned about the lies or about the gratitude or anything along those lines. Just this idea that maybe we're going in the wrong direction uh, if we overemphasize this. I think, Madonna, we had you had looked up a little bit the history of Christmas because I was we're trying to figure out like tracing it back. So St. Nicholas gave the gifts to the father of the three girls. Uh, but then how did we get to all of these presents under the tree? I mean, we had, we went from one saint long ago to today. Yeah, so it started out, um, you know, of course, the story of St. Nicholas is how we, we began. And the name um, Santa Claus came from like the Dutch uh, name Sinterklaas, right? Um, and, and really... St. Nicholas and all of that didn't come to New York or America until 1770s-ish, okay? And it just started snowballing from there. Um, Around the 19th century, early 1800s, um, people started um, making gift giving a big deal. Uh, they started introducing Christmas celebrations. And that was when newspapers started creating separate sections for holiday advertisements. And that is when the new and the popular Santa Claus that we know now kind of started to make an appearance. And people would start going and doing holiday shopping. So this is a fairly I mean, it's not super new, but it is a definitely new concept within the last like 150 years, 200 years that this really came about and started becoming a thing. Um, And one of the things, too, that I started seeing, Laura, uh, in terms of Santa Claus, um, people started this movement on Facebook. I remember last year, people started pleading with other uh, parents can you please, when you get a gift from Santa, not make it the big extravagant gift? Because I cannot get my kids a big extravagant gift. So in your house, Santa Claus got them like the self-driving little uh, Jeep car thing. And in my house, they got them a puzzle. And they start wondering how come Santa gives that kid a huge gift and gives us such a small gift. And I felt like it just introduced such a more complicated layer of, of problems to the season that I feel like are just unnecessary. I mean, if we just are honest and we say, mom and dad work hard for us to get the things that we get you. God gave us the grace to be healthy enough to work. Um, and if we're not healthy enough to work, then, you know, God gave us the grace to at least have food on our table. And if, and there's other people out there who don't even have that, what can we do for them? I feel like there's just so many um better ways that this can be used than the way that I feel like it's going. Just like um, the article you mentioned was saying, you know, we're going too much maybe in the wrong direction. Um, And I don't, I really am not trying to be judgmental. It's really hard for me not to come off that way, but it's just, I'm explaining my thoughts, how I came about my reasons about why 
I don't want to do this with my kids. Yeah, I feel like there are a lot of reasons on both sides, but we definitely got an overwhelming percent of no's. And the no's were not hard no's. They weren't like, Santa is not allowed to be mentioned in our house. But they were more like um, a kind of a lack of buy-in to the culture or the aspect of the culture. Um, sort of a like a like a tone toning down of it, I suppose. I, I did I did have one person tell me that her parents did take the whole Christmas thing very seriously. And they even her dad still wakes them up by ringing a bell and saying, ho, 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 Merry Christmas. But that she chose not to carry on that tradition. I think that's part of our um, the complication for us is that we are Egyptians who have become Americans and we our parents wanted to adopt the happy portions of American culture. And we, as the next generation, want to kind of find a balance. We want to figure out what our new traditions, our new sort of hybrid culture that we're creating, what what's going to be in it? What do we want to keep? What do we want to exclude? Um, you know, I just feel like I, I know that there was, I should have done some like Googling or something. There was somebody who did some kind of Christian elf on the shelf, like a... Um, Oh, it was like, I wish I could remember. Instead of an elf, it was something else. And then there were just like some substitutions to the concept. Uh, but I I just think we can always make things our own. We can always take things that are um, new parts of a new culture and make sure that they agree with what we believe and what we want for our own families. Now, let me tell you something. I... Um... I mentioned this in the last episode or the one of the first episodes. I, My husband and I work very hard, as I'm sure all of us do, to make Christ the center of our homes, right? We we really try to bring everything back to God, to Jesus, and, and um, just to make sure that they're entrapped in the Orthodox faith, right? Now, here's the crazy thing. When we first started, um, you know, when, when my daughter first started seeing the idea of Santa and everything, and we told her straight from the beginning, oh, that's just somebody dressed up as Santa, that there's no real Santa. There's just like a fun thing that people do. Last year, she blew me away with this, her explanation. She said, mommy, Santa could be real. And he told her, tell me more. And she said, now, if God is in charge of everything, couldn't he make Santa be able to go and fly to everybody in one night and give everybody gifts? Isn't it possible? God can do miracles, right? You told me God can do miracles. And I thought it was so cool that she still saw it from the lens of God. She saw it as something like, you know, it is not impossible to believe that somebody can do that. There have been many impossible stories you've told me. You told me a story about a huge a guy that was swallowed up by a huge fish and lived to tell about it, you know, three days later. There's a lot of, of magic. I don't want to, I don't want to trigger anybody calling it magic, but there's a lot of mystery to our church. You know, when we talk about communion, how is it that something that's just bread and wine can become the body and blood of Christ? It is not symbolic. It is real. That is, that is a miracle we witness every single week. And if she can at least see it through that lens, okay, fine. You know, like I will succumb to it as long as you understand Nothing can happen unless it's by the power of God. If I've driven that message home, if we've driven that message home, then so be it. I don't know how God feels about Santa. <laughs> I don't know how he feels about any of this. And I don't want to make assumptions. We're just trying to do our best. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that, you know, that idea that if 
Santa can be real. You know, we, we love this tradition in our family. We do secret Santa. So we um, actually have the whole family uh, from the littlest to the biggest. They all trade names. And each person is responsible for getting a gift for one other member of the family. And we don't know who it is. It says from, you know, your secret Santa. And then we take the time to guess which member of the family got it. And then there's like this huge moment where like everyone goes, oh, it's from, you know, this person. And you get up and you hug each other and you take a selfie together with the gift in hand. And um, the idea that our kids can be Santa too. You know, Santa can be real because we can be Santa. We're Santa. We can give to others as well. We, it's not just about receiving. Santa is the spirit of giving, right? <laughs> right. It is, it is better to give than to receive, that kind of uh, philosophy. So um, I know, Madonna, you had a verse for us or a few verses. I do. This is a little bit of a longer verse. When I was looking up kind of how I wanted to tie this in, um, I came across John chapter 17. And the title of this uh, section called is called Jesus Prays for His Disciples. And when I read it, I couldn't help but feel an overwhelming sense that if I inserted myself where Jesus was, or if any parent inserted themselves where Jesus was, and instead of him praying for his disciples, we are not praying for our children, okay? So I want you, as I'm reading this, to imagine you are praying this to God about your children. Um, Okay, it's John chapter 17, verses 6 through 12. It is a little long. I have manifested your name to the men whom you have given me, or the children you have given me, out of the world. They were yours. You gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Now they have known that all things which you have given me are from you. For I have given to them the words which you have given me, and they, my children, have received them, and have known surely that I come forth from you, and they believe that you sent me. And I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. Our children are yours, God. And all mine are yours, and yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. Now I am no longer in the world, but these, my children, are in the world, and I come to you. Holy Father, keep through your name those whom you have given me, that they may be as one as we are. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in your name. And I just loved thinking about praying that about my children. No matter what we do, no matter what traditions we keep, no matter if we do Santa, don't do Santa, Elf on the Shelf or not, whatever you guys do during the holidays, in the end, can I pray this prayer truly? Can I pray this prayer from my heart to God and say, you have given them to me and I have kept them in your word? I think at the heart of it, if we can say yes to those things, I feel like we have done our job. In the end, we are not here to judge the people that have decided that they do want to do Santa or they do want to do Elf on the Shelf. We have decided not to. But at the end, you're keeping Christ in the center. We can pray that that is what they take away from all of it. Absolutely. This idea that the kids are given to us, our children are given to us from God, and they're sort of on loan, and we are entrusted to raise them up correctly and to show them uh, God's way and to lead them in the light. And, you know, I had the the priest that baptized my daughter. He had this tradition where he would, after the prayers, he would put the baby. Uh, so at the end of the liturgy, before the Zephyr, he would put the baby on the altar and then he would hand her back to us so that we understand that this is a gift that we receive directly from the, from God and, uh, mm-hmm 
to be entrusted to us that this child is no longer um, ours first, but now is God's first. And so I think that that's, that's beautiful in this passage, this idea for us to remember that our job is, regardless of the different ways that we might play it out, our job is to, as you said, keep Christ at the center. So I love that. I think that, um, you know, we learned a lot from these responses and I love hearing about other people's traditions. I think it's a lot of fun. And I know that a lot of people have also asked the question, do your kids ruin it for other kids? And I just want to kind of close on that really quickly for those that decided that they do want to keep doing it. I'll, I'll speak personally for me. Um, my kids at the root of everything that we talk about in our family, we say in our family, this is what we do. And we keep this in our family. So, you know, we've talked about this on another episode. Um, it's really just what we, it's our like common line that we repeat. In our family, this is what we do. And they really have not tried to ruin it for anybody that I know of. And all of their friends do seem to believe in it. So I think we're okay. What about you, Laura? No, my kids my kids are blabbermouths about everything. So <laughs> keep your kids away from my children. <laughs> they, uh, they do not know how to do that. Maybe I need to start using that line in our family. <laughs> we do want to introduce our question for next week, which will be, how do you handle nativity versus December 25th? Like, what do you do with the 725 split? You know, we would love to hear from you guys a little bit about that. We will post on Instagram and in the parenting community. I'm excited to hear all of the ways that you guys handle it. I think that we're going to get some good ideas for, for future years. Yes. And what exactly do you explain to your kids? I mean, give us all your ages of your kids. And what do you say? What's the script you tell them? Please. Yes, because I'm struggling with that myself. We tried to explain it, but it's a little difficult. So we'll talk about that next week. We just wanted to remind you, Raising Up Cops is a podcast hosted by me, Laura Michael, and Madonna Lewindy. None of the views expressed during this recording are the official stance of the Coptic Orthodox Church or its hierarchy. These are purely our personal opinions, collected experiences, and organic discussions on selected topics. If you'd like to reach out with any questions or comments, you can email us at raisingupcopts at gmail.com or post on the Coptic Dad and Mom Parenting Community on Facebook. We were just uh, preparing for the possibility that there may be a, a week around nativity that we are not going to have um, an episode available. But other than that, we are thrilled to be here with you guys and uh, look forward to all of your feedback. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for listening and uh, we'll talk to you next time.